turn, turn, if you will, um, to the book of Luke. Tonight, um, I come with a heavy burden. And uh, I'm not normally uh, a heavy burden kind of a guy. I'm more of a jovial, joking kind of a thing. Uh, <laughs> ask the pastor if you don't believe me. Uh, I can play the fool pretty well. <laughs> I do enjoy skits. I, I like to laugh. I like to have a good time. And, uh, and so uh, that's all true. But tonight uh, is a message that's close to my heart, something that uh, isn't easy perhaps to preach on, but that needs to be preached on. And, uh, and it's something that a message that changed my life completely when I got a hold of it. Um, and if we decide to get real with God, it'll make a huge difference in our lives and we'll look at things differently. My dad was a missionary um, all my growing up years. And I've seen the zeal and power that he had preaching for many, many years. Man, uh, when I was a little boy, nothing. I wanted more than to be like my dad. Uh, just loved God. And I told you this morning that my dad led me to the Lord when I was five years old. And I was an old, I was an old camp meeting, and a preacher preached on hell like I'd never heard it before. And I can still, to this day, Remember that message. And so, tonight, why don't you open your Bibles to Luke chapter 16 and verse 19. And we're going to look at the rich man and Lazarus. And the title of my message is just simply, Hell. Hell. We're going to read the portion of Scripture, then we're going to pray and get into it. Luke chapter number 16, verse number 19, the Bible says this, And there was a certain rich man, which was clothed in purple and fine linen, and fared sumptuously every day. And there was a certain beggar named Lazarus, which was laid at his gate full of sores, and desiring to be fed with the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, the dogs came and licked his sores, and it came to pass that the beggar died and was carried by angels unto Abraham's bosom. And the rich man also died. And the rich man also died and was buried. And in hell he lifted up his eyes, being in torment, and seeth Abraham afar off, and Lazarus in his bosom. And he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me, send Lazarus, that he may dip the tip of his finger in water to cool my tongue, for I am tormented in this flame. But Abraham said, Son, remember that thou in thy lifetime receivest thy good things, and likewise Lazarus evil things. But now he is comforted. And thou art tormented. And besides all this, betwixt us and you, there is a great gulf fixed, so that they which would pass from hence to you cannot, 
Neither can they pass to us that would come from thence. And he said, I pray thee therefore, Father, that thou wouldest send me, send him to my father's house, for I have five brethren. That he may testify unto them. Lest they also come into this place of torment. And Abraham said unto him, They have Moses and the prophets. Let them hear them. And he said, Nay, Father Abraham, but if one went unto them from the dead, they will repent. And he said unto him, If they hear not Moses and the prophets, neither Will they be persuaded the one rose from the dead? Let's pray. Father, hide me behind the cross. Now help me not to be just me, not to be just John Elwood, God, but that it be you speaking these words, God. Right now he still burns in hell. Lord, I beg that you just help us to get a real view of how awful this place is, God, and that it changes forever. Lord, that we couldn't look at people, we couldn't pass them by on the streets the same way. Lord, that our hearts would so be touched and burdened by this ever-burning hell, Lord, that's beneath our very feet this very moment. God, I beg that you'd help us as we read into the Bible, as we get into this message, God, that you would just stir our hearts like you've never stirred us before. To see, Lord, that we need to tell a lost and dying world about your Son. Pray in Jesus' name. Amen. The Bible says, And there was a certain rich man which was clothed in purple and fine linen and fared sumptuously every day. You realize that rich man had everything. He had everything. He had everything he could ever desire. This rich man, he was, he was clothed in purple, the finest, the finest threads you could buy. This man had everything and fine linen, and he fared sumptuously every day. There was nothing that he lacked. He had it all. You know what? But the Bible says this there was a certain rich, uh, there was a certain beggar. <laughs> there was a certain beggar named Lazarus which was laid at his gate full of sores. Now we have two complete opposites. We have a man that has everything you could ever imagine, and we have another man who has nothing, absolutely nothing, except for Christ and his life. It's a perfect picture of someone who's saved but has no worldly belongings, Someone who's not saved and has every earthly belonging. And on earth, man, he's doing great. But guess what? Time keeps ticking by. And time passes for both people. The Bible says that this Lazarus in verse 21 desired to be fed with the crumbs 
which fell from the rich man's table. And moreover, the dogs came and licked his sores. You know what? He had nothing. He had absolutely nothing. He was, he was so poor. He's like, I tell you what, the crumbs that fall off your mouth, that fall to the ground. He's like, why don't you just throw them out the gate and I'll gather them up and I'll eat them. He didn't have anything. He didn't have anything, but you know what? He had Christ in his heart. He had God. You know what? And that's a big difference. If we have God in our life, we don't need everything. We don't need to chase the dollar. We don't need to chase mammon. We just need to follow God and what he has for us to do with our lives. And we'll be so satisfied and not just satisfied in this life, but satisfied in eternity. Amen. <laughs> Forever. You know what? And here this rich man, he died. The Bible says this. Verse number 22 And it came to pass that the beggar died and was carried by angels, amen, unto Abraham's bosom. And the rich man also died and was buried. But that was at the end of his sorrow. No, friend, that was the very beginning of his sorrow. Because verse 23 says, And in hell he lifted up his eyes. You know, when Jesus gives a parable... He always explains that this is a parable. But Jesus isn't telling a parable here. He's giving a real life account. He's telling, he's giving names. He's giving specifics. He's telling, listen, this isn't a parable. He's like, this happened. There was a certain rich man. There was a certain rich man. He's telling exactly what happened. And you know what? When he says this in verse number 23, And in hell he lifted up his eyes, being in torment, and seeth Abraham afar off, and Lazarus in his bosom. You know what? He's seen Lazarus, that scum that he could, he probably kicked on the way out of the gate. Oh, you're in my way again. Get out of the way. And he, <laughs> he's seen that person. And you know what he knew? He knew that he had God. And you know what? The world watches you. The world watches everything you do, and they may, they may make fun of you. And they, may, and they may try to push you aside, but you know what? They watch you. They watch you if you're real. When no one, when no one seems to care, and they seem like they don't, they don't watch, man, they're watching. They're keeping tally. And if, you, and if you slept, they're like, ah, I knew it. He's just a, fa- a false fraud. You know what? But you know what? He, he couldn't say He's seen Lazarus there. He's like, I know he's going to be over there. He's searching. He's searching for this man. And you know what he said? In verse 20, 24, the Bible says, And he cried. He cried out with all the might that he had. And he said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me. You know what, Father Abraham? He can't help you no more. There is nothing that Father Abraham could have done. He's like, but he was crying out for mercy. Do you know what? Uh, There is no mercy in hell. I want you to realize that there is no mercy in hell. Once life ends and eternity begins, there is no end. There is no end. In fact, he still cries in hell. He's still crying out in hell. And if no one told his brothers, they are too. I have four brothers. 
And I could not imagine thinking of any of them in a place called hell. Where there is screaming and anguish, gnashing of teeth. (laughs) And eternity to remember all the times that you could have changed it. The night I got saved, a man was preaching this message and he said, In hell, there is darkness and fire. There is torment. The Bible says here, he said this in verse 24, he said, He cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me and send Lazarus. He said, send the most vile man I can remember that he may dip the tip of his finger in water to cool my tongue for I am tormented in this flame. He's like, listen, I'll be satisfied for eternity if you just send him over with a single drop on his fingertip and cool my tongue. And he said, I'll be satisfied forever if you just do that. And he denied it. He couldn't even have that. Not a single drop on the tip of his tongue. That's all he wanted. And it was denied him. For all of eternity. And he picked the most vile person that he knew on earth. And said, I don't care. I will take it from him. But you know what? Even that was denied You know what? Not only is it darkness, not only is it torment, you realize that fathers, they'll be separated from their sons. Man, this struck me. He said, in the darkness, you will hear the voice of a little boy crying out, Daddy! He can't help anymore. Now, little boy, he can't be helped anymore. Little girls crying out for their lost mom. Mom! But time has run out. And Lazarus realized this. He would have been satisfied with a single drop of water. Look with me in verse number 23 again. It says, and he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me and send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am tormented in this flame. And Abraham said, Son, remember that thou in thy lifetime received thy good things and likewise Lazarus evil things. But now, He is comforted, and thou art tormented. And and besides all this, betwixt us and you, there is a great gulf fixed, so that they which would pass from hence to you cannot, neither can they pass from us that would come from thence. You realize um, before Christ led captivity captive, the heart of the earth was divided in two sections, hell on one side and Abraham's bosom on the other side. And there was a great gulf fixed, and they couldn't pass from one to, to the other. You know what? But all those people in Abraham's bosom, Christ led captivity captive, they're out of there. And you know what? Hell has enlarged itself. It's getting bigger. And more and more and more and more souls 
going there all the time. And sometimes we separate ourselves from it and pretend that it doesn't happen. But under your feet right now is a forever growing, ever burning, ever tormenting hell beneath your feet. And it's earth. And there's only one escape. There's only one way to get out of that place. And that's not to go there. Because once you're there, it's over. It's over. For all of eternity, you will be separated from God. And that... And that is why it's so important to soul win everywhere we go. And that's why it's so important to hand out gospel tracts everywhere you go and tell other people. And not just to say gospel tracts. You realize, I, I love using gospel tracts, but gospel tracts is sometimes a cop-out so you don't have to witness to someone. God pricks your heart about witnessing and you're like, I'll oh, just give them this. You know what? Sometimes it takes you to just take the time out of your busy schedule and say, I will witness them and take the time and lead someone to the Lord. Man, there's nothing like leading someone to the Lord. Every single time I lead someone to the Lord, man, there's something inside of me that just, man, it's the most exciting thing ever. If you've never led someone to the Lord, man, get on board. <laughs> take your Bible. Lead someone to the Lord. It is the best thing that you will ever do. I'm telling you, it's exciting. Something inside of you just rejoice. And you know what? Not only that, that person... For all eternity, doesn't have to go to that awful place called hell. I think it's worth a little time. I talked, said this morning that that soul winning is selflessness because it's very easy to put our needs in front of soul winning, but you must be selfless to be a soul winner. You must see the opportunity and seize it. And it will cost you on a regular basis. Time. That's the main thing. You know, sometimes uh, people get embarrassed. That's a big thing. They'll get embarrassed about telling other people about Christ. It's true. People, they just, they have no courage. They have no strength within themselves to just to bring themselves to a point where they can share about this wonderful news. But you know what? There's a cry that comes up from hell begging you to witness. Begging you. You don't realize that rich man, though he had everything on this earth, in verse 27, the Bible says, And he said, I pray thee therefore, Father, that thou wouldest send him to my father's house. For I have five brethren, that they, that he may testify unto them, lest they also come into this place of torment. Listen, there's a cry from hell that rings out. Go tell them! Go tell them the news. They don't want to come to this awful place. Go tell them. Tell them there's a way out. Tell them they don't want to come here. Just tell them. Tell them. I'll take the vilest person you got. Send him to my father's house. And tell them. Tell them. Tell them. Tell them. 
But Father Abraham, Abraham said unto him, They are Moses and the prophets. Let them hear them. And he said, Nay, Father Abraham. But if one went unto them from the dead, they would repent. One went from the dead. You realize that he's like, listen, send one of the people that's seen it to be a soul winner. And that is what we must be. We must realize the true horrors of hell. Because because if we can truly grasp the horror of hell and the separation from God and, and, and the total depravity that's in hell, if we could be, get it, oh man, we would so win like there is no tomorrow. Like there is no tomorrow. You know, if we were the messengers, if you will, that were sent from hell to witness there's a cry right now going out from hell to tell your, the family. So the people that have passed on, they're crying out, don't come to this awful place. You know, that's what we need to get into our hearts to realize that, man, we need, to, we need to be the ones. We need to be the ones that go out and tell other people about Jesus because they can't. And they, and they want to with all their soul. They want to go and tell, but they cannot tell. The we must tell the people. We have the, the answer. It's in this book. It's that Jesus Christ paid for the price of our sin on Calvary. And you know what? If you're trying to pay for your sin, you will pay for your sin for eternity. And you will never take away the blood of your sin. You will never do it. And you know what? He said it's paid for. All that was paid for on Calvary, he conquered death. And that's the good news. We must tell, we must tell other people about the gospel. The cry rings out so strong and so mighty from hell, screaming in anguish and pain. Don't send my little brother to hell. Don't send my sister to hell. Please, don't send my children to hell. But the cry goes out, screaming in anguish and pain. But it goes nowhere. It goes nowhere. So we must consider the cry from hell. And we must take that burden and put it on our shoulder and in our heart. And every day we pass them by and we see the emptiness that's inside of them, the nothingness that they hold, no peace, no joy, no happiness. Everything, everything's just on the outside. Purple and fine linen. And faring sumptuously every day. But you know what? There is coming a day that if they don't know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, eternity in a lake of fire. And it's on our watch. It's on my watch. That's why we must Tell other people about this place to avoid it. Not, to, not because here's the thing if they do nothing, they're on their way to hell. We must tell them. 
they are on the broad road and it just dumps into the abyss that's ever growing. They're on this broad road. We have to like, stop. There's this other road. You don't have to go down that way. You don't have to go to destruction. You, you, there's, a, there's another way. You don't have to go to this death and destruction. You don't have to go to hell. Jesus Christ has made a way. And that is by accepting Jesus Christ. That is the beginning of the road. You can't work your way to heaven. That is a slap in the face of God to think that you could ever be good enough. It's laughable at best. That you could ever be good enough to get your way into heaven. No. It's only by the blood of Jesus Christ. It's only through the blood of Jesus Christ. That's the only way in. You know, there's a cry that comes out from hell. Look with me at this, at this verse. Um, it says in verse number 31, it says this, And he said unto him, If they hear not Moses and the prophet, neither will they be persuaded, though one rose from the dead. <laughs> Someone did rise from the dead, didn't they? Jesus Christ our Lord. He conquered death. He was nailed to that Roman cross, but he didn't stay dead. No, sir. My Lord rose from the dead. That's why I have something to tell people about. Amen. My Lord conquered death. He rolled the stone back. He, my Lord lives forever. He conquered death. No longer does death have dominion. Hell and the grave can't hold anyone down. They couldn't hold Jesus down. He conquered it. He destroyed those shackles. And you know what? He's like, you don't have to go through that awful place called hell because I have made a way. Jesus Christ said, I am the way. I'm the truth and the life. And no man cometh unto the Father but my me. Uh, he made a way, amen. And it's so simple and so easy. We have to tell other people about this wonderful place called heaven. We have to tell them. But we also have to keep in our mind that awful place called hell. That forever there's a scream that going, going out, crying out. Go and tell them. Go and tell them. Every single one of us know of someone that's not saved. <laughs> and I'd, I'd, I'd imagine there's been multiple someones that each of us know that are not saved. Some person that I've prayed for for many, many years is my grandpa. And my grandpa is not saved. And he makes hell a joke. And he says, all my friends are there. And when I get there, we're going to party. And I, I witnessed to him when my grandma passed. I said, Grandpa, you're not going to party in hell. Be too busy burning and gnashing your tongue. Gnawing on your tongue and gnashing your teeth. Because the screaming and anguish in hell is great. There'll be no party in hell. Hollywood has made this almost this mockery, this, you know, <laughs> this whole thing that, that people believe that hell is just a mild chastisement. No, sir. It's eternal flame. I, I do not want to burn to death. Uh, that's uh, that's uh, the least favorite thing I'd like to do. <laughs> but you know what? Hell 
is still burning and it's still licking the very soul of the rich man. Now we must go tell. We must go tell a lost and dying world about this awful place called hell. We must. The cry is great. It is mighty. And I pray that God would put a fire inside of your heart that you couldn't walk by them without thinking of where they're heading. We're going to read the chapter one more time. And I beg that God has changed your heart about it. God has put something inside of you, a fire, a zeal to tell other people. Yes, it's the wonderful good news of salvation and heaven forever. And we'll get into that uh, on Wednesday. But, and, that, and that's amazing, absolutely amazing. But you know what, right now, there's also the complete opposite, and that is a burning place called hell. And there's a cry that goes out from there that'll curl your fingernails. It's so fierce. Begging you to tell the gospel to your lost loved ones and to their lost loved ones. We must tell. Read with me. Uh, or follow along. The Bible says in Luke chapter 16, verse 19, And there was a certain rich man which was clothed in purple and fine linen and fared sumptuously every day. And there was a certain beggar named Lazarus which was laid at his gate full of sores and desiring to be fed with the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, the dogs came and licked his sores. And it came to pass that the beggar died and was carried by angels under Abraham's bosom. And the rich man also died and was buried. And in hell he lifted up his eyes, being in torment, and seeth Abraham afar off and Lazarus in his bosom. And he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me and send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am tormented in this flame. And Abraham said, Son, remember that thou in thy lifetime received thy good things, and likewise Lazarus evil things. But now he is comforted, and thou art tormented. And besides all this, betwixt us and you there is a great gulf fixed, so that they which would pass from hence to you cannot, neither can they pass from us that would come from thence. Then he said, I pray thee therefore, Father, that thou wouldest send him to my father's house. For I have five brethren, that he may testify unto them, lest they also come into this place of torment. And Abraham said unto him, They have Moses and the prophets. Let them hear them. And he said, Nay, Father Abraham, but if one went unto them from the dead, they will repent. And he said unto them, If they hear not Moses and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded, though one rose from the dead. My message is short. I want you all to stand, heads bowed, eyes closed.